What a start to the week. Justin Bourne, Nick Kiprios, Derek Brandeo, Tech, and who's happier than super fan Sammy McKee, our producer. His team is the hottest in the league. They can't lose, JB. Of course, we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs sweeping California. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how Sammy must be feeling right now with it. This, there was a point where they were two, four, and one, and and he was coming in here with some bleak thoughts. Well, it's clear that uh, the Leafs and and Sammy, they're back. They're peaking too early. <laughs> oh, don't say These that. These guys are good, like, scary good. Who was Sammy before this show? <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Absolutely nobody. Who are the Leafs at two, four, and one? Nobody. Look at them both at top of the world right now. Oh, no, it's only November, isn't it? How good are you feeling right now, Sammy? Seven consecutive for a franchise record. Second, yeah, seven on the road. They're, they're red hot. I, you know, I don't know how Holy to feel. Holy Mackinac! I don't know how to feel. I, I feel pretty great watching them. It's an exciting team to watch. The peaking early thing has certainly crossed my mind multiple <laughs> times. Um, but yeah, boy, I you know I don't can't remember them having any better month than that in my life. Honestly, I, I just got to say, like, this is some hockey team the way they're playing right now. Yeah, it's you know, it really is starting to feel special, there's, but it's early. There, there's no leaking anywhere right now. No, it, it is, and that coming from you is it's it's a, a clinic. Yeah, it was a clinic in California. That's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> I mean, it, and we can say what we want. Periods. We can say what we want about uh, all three teams, mm-hmm. where they are at at, the, at this stage of their programs. Will any of them make the playoffs? I don't know. But regardless, to go on the road and to do that, uh, really impressive. I, I mean, all all the teams are above five hundred. I agree that they're not juggernauts, but they're not jokes. You know, like then to do it on the road and. Uh, not just sneak out shootout wins, like, you know, winning by three goals. They've won by three goals, four straight games going back to the Islanders game. And in the third period, it just kind of feels like because Jack Campbell's been so good, um, it's been pretty routine. Just get the puck up, get it out, get it in, run the clock. And there are other teams out there that have truly relied. And I think the Rangers are a pretty good example where they can go, okay, where would they be without Shesterkin? Mm-hmm. But as good as Jack Campbell is and has been, it's it's more than that right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like yeah. I, I go back to that two, four, and one, and the biggest beef I had with them was how many times did I look and see three guys below the hash marks? That was a common complaint. Get caught. Odd man rushes. When was the last time you saw any type of odd man rush given up by the Leafs in the last two, three weeks. Yeah. They shut consistency. They've shut that down. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you know, Alex Kerfa talked, talked after the game and he, that's what he talked about was buy-in and it's funny with good teams and bad teams. And you hear Pete, you know, uh, JT Miller recently talking about the Canucks and he made the comment about so he was asked, is, is everyone buying in? And he was like, Oh, didn't want to answer. Bad teams, you don't have the buy-in. Good teams like this. Kerfoot goes up there, and when you say buy-in, you're seeing your whole teammate, everyone, falling in behind the D, being in the right spots. It's it's simple, but a third-man high is all the difference in the world for them, and then it allows the defense to be a little bit more active. Mm-hmm. If they do pinch, there's a backup there. Uh, the discipline that Kempf has given the Leafs to check on the right side of the puck and hardly ever get caught like there's, there's just, there's no, like I said, there's no leakage anywhere. They're not even spending that much time in their own zone. So this is the idea when you look at what they've got as a third pair, when you think about, or on their, on their backside, when you got Dermot out there with Sandine, I imagine this is how Kyle Dubas want, thought it would look in his mind, you know, where this third pair is not a, a pair that has to be big and heavy and kill penalties and block shots. But they transport the puck up. You know, Travis Dermott's been really deferring quite a bit to Sandine. They covered that on the broadcast about, you know, every time he takes it up the ice a few strides, he hinges it, hinges it back to Sandine. They don't play in their end. And then the top pairs kind of look like they're back a little bit, do they not? Like Riley and Brody are steady. Muzzin, I know Hall, maybe some question marks. Muzzin looked a little tired last night. That pair wasn't as good to my eye, but 
uh, you know, this is how it's supposed to look for them. It's it's not like uh, there's a, there's a ton of pressure on them in the last little while either. And it's too perfect right now. We know there's going to be hiccups. We know that they're gonna they're gonna lose their they're still their their share of games, whatever that means. Yeah. We know there's going to be more injuries. We don't even know where COVID is in this new variant and what that might play in, not only just to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but other teams in the league. So there's a long way to go here. But as of now, uh, it, it just looks like it's it's perfect. <laughs> it's really weird to talk about a team like this. The one point that Sammy made before the show that I really liked was about um, how their six D-men, whether it be Dermot or Lilligren, it's nice that there's someone else pushing them. Right, you don't have a content pair back there. You have guys, you know, playing for their jobs in those minutes. It's just it, it helps the team uh, stay steady, and you know that having that internal competition is really healthy for a team. We assume though there there's going to be more help. There'll be more depth. There'll be a, another pickup. I still do on D, yeah, but I'm right? just you know I'm just saying I guess that when when they're good, I can see what the vision would be for a team where it's different that they play they're used differently in a different way than most third pair D's have been historically. We got a terrific show uh, lined up here. Uh, Craig Simpson is going to be by to give us his analysis of that road trip uh, later on in this hour. Next hour, Nazem Kadri. Yeah, buddy. We coming on the show. And we know he's coming in. uh, One of the hotter players in the National Hockey League. Of course, so much attention to the big horses in Edmonton. But this guy's fourth in the league and scoring nobody saw that coming and of course this is going to lead us to the big game on wednesday where colorado's winners of seven of eight i i still don't like that team still where it should be oh no i I don't i don't i don't like the inconsistency of them on some nights they can look great and other nights they can lose well, don't uh, worry, they're getting a head. superstar back just in time to face the Leafs to really up that, uh, that consistency level. That excites me, you know, because yeah. we've watched the Leafs play. I, I w- they've played some good teams over this stretch, but they haven't played, I wouldn't say, one of the true top teams in the league. A premier team. A premier team. And, you know, one of the t- one of the big six, maybe? Well, from our, they, from they, our Prem League? Are they, are they they're in our Prem League. <laughs> yeah. So on Wednesday night, Wednesday night hockey, big game. Nathan McKinnon hopefully back in the lineup. He was practicing today wearing a... Um, Wearing the same color jersey as everybody else. So that'd be nice. Wednesday night, one of the better teams in the league coming in here. At least back home after a big road trip. A couple practices in before that game. I'm really looking forward to that. Seeing them. Ta- because listen, those, hey, like you guys said, those teams they played in California, they're not awful, but they're not the Avalanche. No. Right? So you want to test yourself against a true team coming in here. And I'm excited for that game on Wednesday. I was actually asked this on a different radio show. So I want to ask you, Kipper, how much will you take away from that game? You know, they're, they're coming back from a road trip, first game home after a road trip. Like if they yeah. get shelled by the Avs 7 nothing or win 7 nothing, are you going to learn a lot in this game, do you think? I, I'm, you know, the one thing that uh, Morgan Riley talked about was a, a business-like attitude mm-hmm. on the road trip. We're here to win. We're here to play. Uh, people were asking him if he had some off time to go to the beach. So that mentality has to come in off the road trip. I I don't use it. I will not in this instance look and say they've played an off game because it's the adjustment coming off the road. I don't buy that in this instance. Again, this is a different mindset. It's a different feel. It's kind of scary here that they're playing so well in November because it will lead into – they don't. The fans don't care. They don't care, and we. They've. Been I think burned. they're bringing fans back, man. They are no question. And there are some people that would love April to start tomorrow for sure. Okay, but it's yes. not happening. If you, could, if you could push the button, would you, it's, Sammy? Right to playoffs. It's not yes. happening, and it's not going to happen for a while. Yeah. And I think the mindset for the Leafs coming into Wednesday's game is this is a great measuring stick here for us to see where we're at colorado's gotta be guys overall one of the favorites to win the stanley cup this year gambling going into wise this they season. are going away the favorites easily like they're plus 400 i think a lot of the experts too would yeah. say this is their time now you've got a potential of nate mckinnon coming in to play so he's he's juiced he's ready to go he's got 
he's watching McDavid and, and Dreisaitl uh, run away with uh, the league-leading uh, scoring titles and yeah. major awards here. He wants to start getting back into it. So I, I don't buy into the we can have an off game and, and blame coming off a road trip yeah. on this game. Uh-uh, not for me. One of the favorites coming in. I expect two teams to play well at the same time. Yeah, it's actually better, I think, that they're getting a team like Colorado and not getting the Nashville Predators or Columbus or some team that they wouldn't be overly inspired by. Like, this is, you know, for Sheldon, it's an easy sell. Okay, we're back at home, but boys, you know, it's it's Colorado here. Let's let's see what we really got. That's going to be an exciting uh, matchup on Wednesday. We also got, uh, we're going to fit PJ Stock in. He's just going to give us a little bit of the temperature in Montreal. Did something happen in Montreal? Did something happen in Montreal? Yeah, something probably that should have happened maybe even sooner. Yeah. But uh, PJ Stock will stop by coming in. And we also got a little bit uh, of a conversation, guys, to have with uh, uh, a Brady Kachuk (laughs) and a Brandon Lemieux. and Kachuk? Yeah, well, we can talk right. about that a little later. That we will get good. into that a little we'll later. We'll unveil my Mona Lisa. I'll give you my biting story. <laughs> well done. And why I don't have a as big of a problem as others with it. What are you talking yeah, about? Well, you I wish you had said me. that right now because yeah. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. You're just fine with biting now? This... And yeah, well, you're going to have to hear it a little later on in the show. Um. I'm the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. You know how big dinosaur teeth are, Derek? <laughs> hey. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. We'll get into that a little later. Well, I listen to look forward to you being wrong. Just to go back. Um, Works out. Just to go back to fast forwarding to April. um, I would like to do that after the weather this weekend in Toronto, too. You know? No, this is A little quick. A little quick. Too quick. No, we're ready. It's too early. You know, give me this in two weekends. You know, before November, having it be full-on winter, not ready for that's that. Not a, that's not the sense I got when you sent out a nice picture of you carrying a Christmas tree Boys. home. <laughs> Boys, I, I bought the nicest Christmas tree in Toronto. It is so nice. You know? It's perfect. It's it, the smell, the way it's fallen out perfectly. It just could not be nicer. You so, know, that's what happens when you buy your tree in October, bud. When I, <laughs> when I saw that picture on your, your Twitter account, What'd I, you say? I said to my wife, that's the, that's the heaviest lifting he's done in two months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, You fair. know what's fun is the, the age we have Sam at right now. We we're starting to see the, the domestication really take hold. It's really going to be bad. He's got a wiener dog and a Christmas tree oh. in November. He's, I'm a Christmas guy, boys. Beyonce. I love Christmas. Yeah, I, I've always loved Christmas, you know? It's just me a great too, time of year. So what, uh, before we get into, like, specifics maybe of the last few days or the week, what is the biggest difference you could put your finger on on the last month? The biggest difference, well, see, I don't want to give you the boring answer, but the, the boring answer is Jack Campbell and systems. <laughs> you know, they've been very structurally sound in Jack Campbell, but... I will say one thing that's made a big difference for me is Michael Bunting. Uh, Being able to play on that top line, one of the things that they had talked about when he was given that opportunity, Sheldon Keefe talked a little bit about, um, you know, is he comfortable? Can he fit in with this line? They're showing him video. Um, Keefe had something to say about him looking much more comfortable on the top line. He's more comfortable. There it is. (laughs) You know, while you... On the surface, you think playing with players of that caliber uh, is somewhat easier. I think there are some challenges that come with it that are uh, more difficult than playing lower in the lineup, and some of that is mental, or in fact, a lot of it probably is mental, and, and uh, that takes some time, you know, especially for a player that's you know still really trying to establish himself in the league, uh, so trying to get comfortable in the league, you know, so. That's part of why we reset him a little bit, going back down with the expectation he would he would move back up, and he's gotten his opportunity here. I think he's done a good job. Okay, when you tease a clip, don't actually don't say what he says. (laughs) Don't give the answer away. I don't remember what the clip was. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta take you under my wing. Yeah, I need help, coach. I need help. Michael Bunting is he's an intelligent hockey player that can read the play. And he's got a great instincts. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't a reason why he shouldn't get good looks constantly on that line. The only thing for me is just the the physical kind of day to day of of running that. Mm-hmm. And you know, can he can he adapt to it? Can he turn 
a good week or two weeks into a good four weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and that we ran into that at the start of the season, right? I think we came in here after the first week or two and basically the only one of the new Maple Leafs that we were all impressed with ever was like Bunting. Bunting was the guy, but then it really fell off a cliff for him. And one of the things that stuck out to me was Keith taking great pains to point out that this guy's only played 40 some ga- 49 games in the yeah. NHL. Yeah. You know, so it is a matter of him finding what's he going to be at this level. Is he going to be the grindy, pesty, draw penalties guys? Is he going to be an offensive player playing with Matthews and Marner? I think he's finding himself trying to strike that balance a little bit, but it is still a matter of he's a new player. And to your point, can you establish something and establish it with consistency? What I've noticed from him is just his ability to find the right spots now. I I think that's when they tried Richie up there. He just couldn't necessarily find the right spots and he wasn't necessarily the right fit for them. But now he's kind of, you know, over the last little stretch here where he's been playing with Marner and Matthews, I think he's really figuring out how to complement those guys and that maybe he doesn't have to do everything and just kind of go to the front of the net, be a bit of a pest, win a board battle here and there, and the puck will start going in for him. And like, It's more to that, Sammy. Well, yeah, let me have it. Uh, top six, 200 feet. Mm. And that means that if, if you could start winning consistent board battles, and again, the, the, the numbers are nice, the offense is nice, but you want to get into a top six now and, and be a legit top six, you you got to be strong in all areas of the ice. And that's the one thing I think Sheldon knows that still needs work with him. Mm-hmm. And I think last night was a prime example. Up 3 nothing, maybe 11 minutes to go. God, preserve that shutout, okay? Mm-hmm. You take that home for 12 minutes. You want Jack, for all the times Jack's bailed you out, you don't want to be on the ice to 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 give up the the shutout for him. Mm-hmm. That that to me was where where even Bunting kind of let it slip a little bit. I don't know if you can recall the goal, mm-hmm. but it's coming on the right side. Bunting's up against Getzlav, and I don't know if he wanted to cheat it a little bit, maybe take a break off of Getzlav, but he completely missed him, mm-hmm. and Getzlav slipped right by him on the wall and got got it to the net. Yeah. And that's just the, it's a little thing. But if you want to now be in a position where, you know, Sheldon can trust you in your own zone when you don't need another goal and you want to be on the ice, you don't, you, you take a better angle yeah. on Getzlaff. And that's why this is not a guy you're putting on the ice to protect a lead in a one goal game, right? It's, it's Camp and it's Kasha. You know, Bunting's not quite there yet. What stands out there, Kipper, is, you know, he's not a physically gifted guy in that he's not huge. He by any stretch, No, he's right? not heavy. Not heavy. He's not fast, you know, per se, right? He's, he's probably a league average skater or something. Not a slow guy, but he's not a fast guy. So he has to be in the right spots. Yes. Because when a, a big guy like Getzlaff gets a step or gets a little body position on you, he's not going to be able to recover. That's just a life for a player with his, you know, skill set and build in the NHL. And uh, he's finding it. But I understand what Sheldon means when they're like, all right, you know, we're, we're, we're like, we like this guy, but we're working on him every day. Austin Matthews with even strength goals now. A little bit of a concern watching the game last night on the telecast. He kind of had a little of a, I don't know, snippy remark on... on, uh, Snide. Snide. (laughs) Like, I don't give a crap what you guys think. I thought he could have phrased it a little nicer. I'm okay with it. Are you? Yeah. I'm all right. That's Well, it's not that I have a problem with it. it. It's just that it it showed some, like, I don't know, feels like he he had hurt feelings from something. Clearly, he's heard enough of where is his, where is the best five-on-five player in the world gone? That's been a bit of a conversation the last little while. Nice, eh, when you can go on the run that they've had, and yet I I think he's been terrific. Yeah, see, I I don't think so. (laughs) So here's, here's my thing. He looks to me like a, like a very good player who scored, who can score 40 goals in the league. He doesn't look like the best goal scorer in the world to me right now. Like he's tipped a couple pucks in, so everyone's saying, ah, oh, it's five on five scoring back. Great. You know, he's still good. I'm never going to make the case he's not amazing, but I just don't think he's looked as dominant, as puck dominant as he did yeah, at times. You're talking about the finish. I guess. I, I like his overall game. As in, you're talking defensive? Everything, yeah. I think see, he, we're different. I, I don't want he, him to play D. I just want him to shoot it in the net. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't You don't win in the playoffs your way. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of that. Yeah. No, I, I, I think between, again, when everything's going right, when the stars are aligned, your biggest stars are there. Yeah. I, and Matthews, Marner, Morgan Riley, 
all of them now. I think they're 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 controlling a big portion when they're on the ice. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to not having the puck, Matthews and Marner are as good as anybody right now, stripping loose pucks and and gaining yeah, control. You know what? I think Kipper, they have to. I, I see they're a not hor- getting it handed to them. I, I see a two hundred foot horse out there with, when I see Matthews now. I, yeah. I'm I'm really comfortable. And I said it right from the beginning, Sammy. I don't need this guy's breaking Rick Vibes record this year. I need him controlling the game when he's out there. I would say that's a fundamental difference in what we're looking for, for sure. I don't think it's a coincidence that the puck's gone in the net for him in the in the little stretch here that he's, he's played. he's played more complete. I just think, you know, I mean, it's a, a stupid hockeyism, but, like, you know, you're rewarded for hard work in the game. Like, it's it's I've been around for 100 years, and the guys that work hard and have the skill, you know, the puck goes in for him. And I just feel like, to Kipper's point, he's been heavy, you know? Like, starting in L.A., like... He's leaning on guys, yeah. and, and like last night, I don't know who it was, but he just nailed someone last night into the boards, winning puck battles, going to the front of the net. He just looks like a little different version I, of himself. I wonder, though, if part of that, for me, is 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 what he's doing different because he doesn't have a guy going to get him the puck like he did last year all well, the time. Like, he has to go get true. it himself Hyman, more, so yeah. is he playing a different style of game? If you, if you go back to the first round, that that top of the circle going in and and fighting your shot it, he hasn't had a lot of those looks no that that's dried up so you know what good goal scorers do they find different ways and i've said this all along when it comes to even Tavares and and now Matthews is that they're not your typical centerman you look at their goals they're all within the blue paint. They're all rebounds, crashing hard to the yeah, net. Yeah, Matthews more this Redirect. year than previous years, though. Much more. Yeah. Much more because the other look is gone right now. Yeah. Either guys aren't getting him the puck when he's out there. Being defended better. Or they just, they've got a better read of him right now. Yeah. So he's just finding different ways. And look at the goals. Between Tavares and Matthews, you're going to see majority of their goals right now all within the blue paint. That's not typically a, a place for a centerman, mm-hmm. more your 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 goal scoring winger. But those guys, they'll they'll go there to get their cookies. It really does highlight how different Alex Ovechkin is in the way he scores. When you think about how the best goal scorers score, because Crosby scores in the blue paint, right? His whole career, that's where he's got most of his action. Yeah. He's not shooting it by guys. John Tavares has typically been around the blue paint for his finishes. You know, a lot of the best goal scorers, that's just where they're at. So I. I just want to adaptation. Well, Matthews. we've been talking about uh, Bunting and Matthews, and I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the third member of that line, Marner, who I think just in terms of his energy levels and his you know doggedness on the puck in the in the defensive zone and kind of bringing the puck through the neutral zone, passing like he really has been unbelievable during this. Well, stretch. outside of Jack Campbell, he has great been edge there. work out there. He, he, he's been their MVP. <laughs> he has. Devoe loves it. Yeah. Right. Yes. He's, he has been their MVP. Well, among skaters, I think and, we agree Jack Campbell's yeah. been the guy. And when it's been clogged up, who's the first guy to bail them out? Bailed out uh, bail out Sheldon Keefe with, I, I need a different look, I need a different feel. It's Marner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he the way he changes direction and maintains possession and pulls the whole thing out of shape, it really it gives a different feel to that team and keeps them in the right end of the rink. You know, part of the, you know, I had someone ask me um, about the Leafs defense and do I think that they've, you know, made these big strides on the defensive end. Part of it for me is, you know, they're the best possession team in the NHL. They have the puck in the Ozone the whole time. And it's because of a guy like Marner, right? They're playing on the right yeah. end of the ice. And here, here's the other look for me that I absolutely love is they are, they're, they're essentially still, and I said this even last year when they were going well, dump and chase. Watch how many times they'll go put the puck in deep and they've got such great skaters they'll get on at first they, they should are, have more they, in the first they, they are night, they right? are right now as good as anyone in the league when it comes to forechecking and often it isn't gaining the zone with a puck it's getting it deep you know kerfoot is as good as anybody right now either skating the puck through the neutral Boys, zone he's been good or getting it in deep yeah and it's funny because uh last night you know we we get the the chain text messages going, yeah. and you sent something out about Kerfoot with the empty netter, which made me well, laugh. Willie, like, like I can you imagine the the burning eyes 
Willie would have given him <laughs> if he buried that thing in the net himself. I don't and, know if I remember a time where Willie's tucked his head and work hard up ice like that. Hey, Kurt, no, not a chance. Kurt was taking away that easy cookie for Nylander. The, oh, my God. he Nylander would have been on, like, the whole way home, he would have been fuming inside if yeah. if he didn't give him back that puck. I mean, in, you know, Nylander's defense, he earns it, he makes the play, he gives it to Kerfoot in the first place. But what's funny is after he scores, he doesn't even, like, go Look give Kerfoot. Him. No, just like he expected well, him to give him He did make puck. an but, awesome play in the defensive zone sure. to bring it out to center ice. But then no, head down. That, listen, this is Kerfoot being a veteran that he is. And just knowing this is going to keep problems minimal. And knowing that that guy needs his cookies. I was thinking of Lucic boxing out the player the other night so his teammate could score. <laughs> Willie's absolutely right? talking it oh, to get that dish at, back. <laughs> at 6.9, it's okay, a nice, easy one. By the one. way, this isn't Nylander's slander. I don't no. blame him for wanting to go get what he earned. It's just I played with, you, we've, we've all played with enough of those guys. They yeah. like their points. Here's my question. You're Kerfoot. Would he giving it back? I'm almost certainly shooting that in the net. No. You're no. passing it? Ker, Kerfoot, if Kerfoot scores... 11 goals or 16, it won't matter. Yeah. For Nylander, those things matter. Uh, you yeah. want Nylander feeling good. Oh, I understand. When he's gone, right? he's gone, right? Yeah, when he's gone, <laughs> he's gone, right? <laughs> he was going to get that one. It, keep those guys happy. Yeah. And it, that's, it that's, a, that's, that's a good veteran move by Kerfoot another... to understand the room, the dynamics. These are horses. These guys get paid a lot. They take the heat when it's not going well. This is an easy tap-in for him yeah. to keep everybody happy. It is another example of Kerfoot making the right play, yeah. which this guy, you know, was in a position to get a hard time from Leafs fans because, oh, his Myself included. Well, I've said a lot of bad things. In fairness, him. going in, the contract seems like the only one where and you weren't getting value. I've cycled the Alex Kerfoot contract. And the thing <laughs> is with him is that he's always measured against the trade. With Kadri, yeah. because everybody here adored Kadri, and you know, regardless of what happened in the playoffs, he was a big time fan favorite, myself included. And he'll always be measured against that, no matter what. It's just it is what mm -hmm. it is. So I think that also plays into it. But you got to give him credit. You know, he's been really excellent and been a really good part of that second line there. Yeah, that's been the, you know, the shifting of how of the perception of Kerfoot was like measured against Kadri, never going to be Kadri. Everyone's disappointed in him. All of a sudden, he plays well, and you go, oh, but he's still effective. Like, he's still a useful guy for this hockey team. So, um, yeah, been been good lately, uh, to Kipper's point. Gets to the neutral zone well. The one thing that I noticed at the start of the Anaheim game yesterday was they didn't They were no the good in the first period. They were no good. No good. They, Campbell bailed them out. Yeah, their zone entries where, you know, they got in the zone. I think they attempted 35 and got in 11 times. Like, turnover, turnover, turnover. And that leads to the puck going back the other way a lot faster than you like. So... They found their way through the neutral zone. You know, Sandine helped, Kerfoot helped, and then all of a sudden it's starting to look a lot better. I don't think we can have a show anymore without mentioning just Campbell again and the comfort zone right now. Like, at the beginning of the year, I said that there's other goalies that look like they can just goaltend in a rocking chair. Mm -hmm. he, he's moving towards that. Yeah. And... Real confidence it, he gives right now. It's just, I, I think between the ears right now, he's gone to another level where the, he just has that, it's my net, I'm in charge, and I'm I'm dictating. You just got think he's, he's never had he's, this in his career. Never, never. And I don't know when it, when it hit him. Is it? Three weeks ago, a month ago, six weeks ago. I don't know, but the Leafs should have signed him the day before that. <laughs> whenever, whenever you think it was, the they day took a crack at it. I been, assure you, they yeah. took a crack at it. They just didn't come up with a, a number high enough. What did you think of the backup on Friday night? Wall, wall. Yeah, I, I just think the team was so good. It was he was tough to judge again. You know, so it's, three it's, and zero. It's hard right now to be anybody in that lineup and not look good. Mm-hmm. It's true. Do you have a bad okay. thing to say about anyone right now? I mean, everyone's turning their heads. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't like no, Lily? I'm, just, I'm just trying to find yeah. something. Nick Ritchie, everybody uh, left him alone. But he, I, he's been effective. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I guess I'm not measuring him against the contract anymore. I'm trying not to think about it. But like, he's mixing it up. He was jamming that puck over the line after it was Every, already. Rich was great. Everybody. Um, 
I don't know. I just whatever. I just it's, don't even care about them anymore. They're winning. It's just it's it's perfect right now, and they're just there's there's gonna between now again. We're not even out of November. Like they're gonna need a little bit of adversity, either through that's injuries, coming. either through a couple of losses. But that's what you need right now throughout 82 games. It's it's really really good right now, but we know that's not going to be the case throughout 82 games but enjoy it while you can enjoy it while you can because there will be a time in the Leafs life cycle where you end up where the Montreal Canadiens are so what did you think of uh the happenings over the weekend Montreal Canadiens fire Mark Bergevin and uh his assistance there well I, I think if uh if we look at it and uh, I was really hard on the Canadians opening up the first round, I didn't like them one bit. And then that's, of course, the the year they go to the Stanley Cup final. We were all with you. But as far as outside of the whole picture of the organization and the depth and what they have coming up in the system and then asking a guy like Cole Caulfield to come in and and be a, a threat for them coming out of college was a little over the top for me. Yeah. Like I, if you look at the true body of work of Mark Bergevin, it it's not pretty, and it was just a matter of time here. Yeah, why don't why don't we listen to what uh, Jeff Molson had to say uh, about the Habs cleaning the house? Yeah, I think um, I mean I hear from our fan base all the time, and uh, um, the uh, you know you get you get a mixed uh, a mixed. A uh, group of, of comments from the fan base, but um, regardless of what decision uh, they want to bring to the table, I'll be supportive if it's the right thing for the Montreal Canadiens to be a great team in the long term. And uh, and I'm not uh, I'm not afraid of that word, and I think our fans um, wouldn't be afraid of that word either. So it's uh, it's something that uh, you know I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm somebody who's a pretty good listener. And I ask a lot of questions, and I try to make my uh, I try to make my opinions uh, informed. And uh, if that is proposed to me, I will I would take everything very seriously. That was Jeff Molson from the hull of an ocean liner, <laughs> but that word he was talking about was rebuild, Kipper. It's it's gotta it's gotta be in the equation here, and I don't know what appetite the Montreal Canadian fans will have if if they got to miss the playoffs for another year or two. But it hasn't, it's not left well by Mark Bergevin. No. What kills me is like, you know, PJ said this last time he was on our show. Great to have him back on later today. But he mentioned that, you know, it's not like there's a contract or two where you go, oh, they got this albatross deal they got to get rid of. And then they have some cap space. Like every guy feels overpaid by about 1.5. You know, Armia and uh, Lekkonen and a lot of the guys like farther down the lineup everyone's getting overpaid. So there's no quick fix here for the Montreal Canadiens. No. And even Bergevin, I think he made a calculated mistake. They offered him a contract earlier and he turned it down. He should have signed it. Yeah. Signed it. And if you're going to fire me, fire me. If you're going to want to quit, you can still quit. The feeling was that it was around uh, three and a half million dollars, maybe by three years, something in that ballpark. Is, was what I'm hearing. Yeah. Like, sign the thing. Just sign it. I know you're watching Drury come in, in in New York and pass you, and you've been to a Stanley Cup final, but come September, if he doesn't have a job, at least you would have had some salary coming in. Got to believe he will somewhere. And he wants, I, I hear he wants the Chicago job. Yeah, but well, can it's you? Open. It is open, but. He was also part of that organization in 2010. You don't think those questions will start coming up again? Actually, good point. Right? What do you, if you're Chicago, do you want to go down that path? My answer with a guy is that definitively was, no. With with a guy that was part of the organization or, you know, all of that. I guess he's been pretty clearly excused from anything there. You, you know what I was curious about, too, was the Scott Mellenby thing. So they talked to him about potentially being the GM or to be the president or be involved, and the guy resigns. The day before they fire everyone, excuse my limited knowledge of business, but does that not mean he does not get paid if he is leaving by his own volition instead of getting fired? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I imagine that, you know, it's some kind of statement like, you can't fire me, I quit, but it might not be a bright one if you're not getting paid. Must be getting paid. He wouldn't do that, right? I don't uh, I don't know what would be left on his deal. I don't know, yeah. but clearly he wanted the job. So clearly he... He thought he thought was getting the he job. He was getting the job, promised the job, whatever the case is. There's a change of heart or direction, and he bailed. What do you think of the structure now with Gordon doing? You know, just one thing on Mellonby is that, you know, there's there's some perception out there that if if you aren't the general manager, that and you're still in the organization, that somehow you're not tied into a bunch of bad mistakes. Yeah, right? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm just the assistant GM. Like, it's like, oh, like, sorry, were you, you know, not in the room? Our, our organization's not really in great shape, and you were part of the process here. Yeah. So, like, where, no. where do you where do you get the idea that, oh, no, those were all bad Mark Bergevin decisions, so and true. I'm just over here. Like, if we win and, a cup, I want a ring, <laughs> but if we, if we lose, that's on the GM. I like Scott. I, I like him a lot, but I'm just talking in general that there's a feeling outside that if you've been part of this organization for the last few years, oh, all those bad decisions, they were just uh, that guy's. Yeah, that, like, that, if that, you and I are I terrible, really, Sammy's got to wear it, too. Didn't really have anything <laughs> to do with me, and it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, if... If our, if our organization's in, in rough shape here, I mean, yeah. do I really? And you were part of that decision process along with Mark Bergevin. Like, yeah. explain, the, explain all these moves here. Right. And we're going to need your input on that. So then they have Jeff rebuilt. Gordon. Yeah, rebuilt with Gordon at the, uh, Gordon at the top. Um, not bilingual. Uh, going to be executive VP of hockey operations. Um, you know, a little bit different look for the Montreal Canadiens. My... A uh, quick takeaway is just they would want someone with real experience because it seems like whoever's the GM is going to be a first-time GM. It seems like it's going to be Matthew Darsh from Tampa Bay, who's an assistant there, or it's going to be, you know, go ahead and run the list of, you know, bilingual French-Canadian people who are, yeah, you know, there's a half dozen names. I don't know, Wah. Someone say Alex Burroughs the other day. I there's think, a bunch of random yeah, names. In, in this instance, Wah though, yeah. That's, that's a, a, a firecracker. Too much. <laughs> yeah, I. But it seems I, like it's gonna be a first-time GM. If that's the case, then that would buy Jeff Gordon a lot of time to, you know, work with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like like Matthew. Darsh. Yeah. So he's been with Julian Brisebois in Tampa Bay. Yes. Yeah. So he's got a couple of cup rings there. French-Canadian gentleman seems like a natural fit. I'm not just sure what you start thinking and, and doing with some of those long-term contracts that PJ, uh, and we'll have him later on in the show to discuss on, on what the moves are. And Do you want to alleviate some of that? Mm-hmm. If you really go back to Carey Price as well, you know, being exposed, Seattle, where is he right now? That's going to be an important question for whoever the GM out? is. Do you th- does he want out yeah. of Montreal? That would be one of my first questions if Just I'm a Jeff fresh Gordon. Start somewhere away from the limelight. Even if he doesn't, if you're a new coach, that's a big contract. You say in the rebuild word, you're not going to rebuild with Carey Price and in, in that. That's just going to hurt your plans. So it, you know, I could see it. I could see some, yeah. you know, finding a fit for him somewhere else, retaining some salary, maybe. I I think that's the first one. If I'm a Habs fan, I think you kind of got your cake and eat it too in a way here because I think a lot of Habs fans probably heading into the playoffs last year or that midway through last year were starting to feel like probably time for for Bergevin to move on probably time for a new kind of thing you get your unbelievable cup run you get to have this unbelievable summer where you go to the final and now you know you have a bad start to the year but you get a clean house a fresh new sort of hope I guess I know it's a different kind of different thing in Montreal than it is other places but you know, I, I do think that Habs fans kind of get their cake and eat it too a little bit here. Well, I think that's fair at least, no? at least for Leafs fans, they didn't have to watch them win the cup. In um, the there's just so much work to do on that blue line. Everywhere. Uh, find a, a, a suitable Boys, they're bad. center ice. Bad team. Just bad. Right? The, just to, to your point earlier, the overpayment. Yeah. You know, um, Nick Suzuki. You, it's like you try to make up 
by by signing him to that contract and then you've put a ton of weight on his shoulders and he can't can't carry it right now he doesn't have the support to carry that number one mantle as a center iceman a lot to ask in that division isn't sure it? is um you just, got to read stuff sammy yeah i was just gonna say a couple of little bits of housekeeping here just before i get to the read uh should update our listeners that robbie ray signed with the uh, seattle, seattle mariners for five years 115 million dollars so yeah, we, just we a little version of him a little yeah so there you go just a little bit who, of baseball news who the jay signed they uh, signed gosman yesterday you like that eh, a little concerned about it I remember no, him as a, I remember no. him as a, as a two pitch pitcher for the five years at yeah. what twenty plus. Sammy's concerned. Give him your concern. Well, it's just he was bad on the Orioles, and then he goes out to the NL, and he's good in a big park, and he still has a little bit of homer issues. I have a touch of concern about it, but I I believe fully in the infrastructure that's been built here. Pete Walker's the best pitching coach on planet Earth. He'll figure it out. Just a touch of concern, if I'm being honest with you guys. Appreciate the honesty. Yeah. And, well, and, and we, Rob Ray was completely honest when he was on Timid Friends. Yeah, and he, just, guess uh, what? he was gone. You know, and it was like, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, just break out the box of Kleenex. The guy <laughs> just won the Cy Young and yeah. everybody's crying. Yeah. All, right. All right. So my read here is that um, we're giving away a pair of tickets to the December 7th game between the Leafs and Blue Jackets. Get a little bit of uh, Line A versus Matthews, first overall pick versus second overall That's pick there. Pitch. Oh, yeah. All you have to do is download this Monday and Tuesday's episode of Real Kipper and Born and listen for different code words that will be placed in the podcasts. Then text each code word to 590-590 and you will be entered for a chance to win. Each code word counts as an entry and the winner will be selected on Wednesday, December 1st, fellas. Great job, Sam. Sounds good. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Craig Simpson after the break. And hey, you're not going to want to miss this. Naz Kadri. Uh, Fourth in scoring, Naz Kadri on the show in the second hour. We are back with Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The code word for today's episode to text to 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Avalanche tickets on December 1st is Matthews. Still to come on the show, Nazem Kadri, Colorado Avalanche forward and former Leaf, who's red hot. They'll visit the Scotiabank Arena on Wednesday as we tee up what will be a very highly anticipated hockey game. PJ Stock will stop by as well, give us his thoughts on what's happening in Montreal. So let's go to Craig Simpson, hockey analyst for Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, and a guy that's watched the Leafs as close as anyone this season. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining us. Uh, right off the bat, uh, this is a team that got off to a 2-4-1 and start, and since then, can't do anything wrong. <laughs> well, seemingly, uh, it's, a, it's amazing how the fortunes can change. But, you know, I, I think... The, you know, little bit of adversity and a bit of a rocky start to begin with probably was the best thing that could have happened to them and got their attention. You know, a couple of specific games, you think of the the, the Pittsburgh game, uh, you know, in the wake of a, of a tough loss the night before, too. You, you, you have a depleted lineup and you basically got embarrassed. And I, I think, you, you know, Kip, you, you need a point where the coach can – get the attention of the players and say, you know, guys, it's time to buy in. It's time to just do more than nod your head. It's time to listen and make sure that you you understand exactly what we have to do. And I, I look at that game, you know, they lost the next game 4-1 against Carolina, but they played a much better game. And since that big win in overtime against Chicago, it just seems like guys are, are in sync. They're, they're playing at both ends of the ice. They're checking extremely well. And all it took was a little early adversity, I think, to, to get them all feeling that, you know, this playing defensive-minded hockey doesn't necessarily mean that we can't have our offense going, but it sure helps you stay in games that maybe you're not that good early on and allows you to find a way to win a lot of them. And that's exactly the, the way that they've been playing and how they've had some really great success. Yeah, I thought that they played that that way against Anaheim. Not the best first period, maybe, but kind of hung around long enough till their stars could uh, take up the mantle and go for a run. So I guess the question going into the season was, 
will they be able to have success in the postseason? You know, everyone was saying, we don't care about right. the regular season. Does this look like a formula, like a style of team that could have success in the playoffs or are the same concerns there for you? Oh, it, it does more so. I, I said uh, to my my partners, uh, Chris Cuthbert, early last year and our producers, when you know the makeup of their team last year with Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and, and Jason Spetzel in that sort of bottom six, I, I said, as a coach, you're going to come to a point in big games where I don't know where I can play them. And, right. you know, I, I look at the additions this year. I didn't – it's hard to say that because Joe's such a good player and, you know, Wayne's a good character guy. But when you look at their lineup, you're going against a fast team or a hard team, checking team in the playoffs. As a coach, you're handcuffed with that uh, combination. So you just replace that with, you know, David Camp playing an integral part with face-offs, defensive-minded play, good checker, Andre Kasha with energy and, you know, ability to make some plays now and get in on the forecheck. Michael Bunting adding to that. Even Richie's, I know... You know, every teammate's trying hard to get him to break out and have some success. But if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I, I've got a completely different dynamics in my lineup. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. He still tweaked his lines and tried to keep guys fresh, tried to see who could work together. But I just think it's a completely different look than, than the one that you had last year. Hey, Craig, it almost seems like from any era, um, it's when we speak of true playoff intensity and you've lived it for sure is it harder today than ever before to manufacture playoff intensity in a regular season i'm not sure if it's harder today i i just think that the the natural pace and intensity of games are are up at a higher level i mean you just look at the speed of pretty much every night and you know, guys stopping on the puck, stop starts, all, all the things that maybe you could get away with 10, 20 years ago and, and not have to play at that high intensity speed level every single night. I, I think the underlying sort of minimum is at such a higher level that, yeah, you're not always going to be perfect and you're not always going to have your legs or you're, you're, you're not necessarily going to be able to drive your game up. But I, I, I think what what guys are in the mindset now, what I felt on this road trip anyways, from the guys is they're in a good place of believing in each other. They're starting to become like a family. They're starting to really trust each other. They're pulling for each other. You know, you had um, Pierre Engvall didn't got his first goal in 20 games. That was a big moment. Spetsa got his first in 15. Uh, Simmons got his first in 18. And you can tell even, even uh, Matthew's talking about Richie's, great uh, screen you know you could tell guys are pulling for each other to get everybody out of some doldrums to have everybody feeling good about themselves and that to me Kip is what you have to have at least a long stretch of your regular season feeling like as a teammate so that when something does go wrong say in game three of the first round you're not trying to figure it out then. You go, we got this, guys. You know, I've got your back. I'll pull up my I'll, – I'll do something special to get us out of this. Or let's come together and not be worried about, you know, what's happening just to you. And I think those are the things that are probably more important during this stretch now that everybody I know is looking towards playoffs. It's can you build that at a real level, not, not, a, not an artificial level. Like you really do have to have a special group that can bring that and can support and does act like a family and picks each other's up when somebody's down. And that's what you hope to have going and clicking when you get to playoff time. I only speak of the intensity because I know it's one thing to play a depleted New York Islander team or a team like LA San Jose or Anaheim are still in transition. So this Wednesday, Colorado, and we've got Nazem Kadri coming on um, uh, right after you. Yeah. Uh, and I will speak to this uh, with him. But is that the type of game that could be a real measuring stick? And can we see a more intense game? Yeah, I, I look back to, I'm just trying to look at what date it actually was. Yeah, November 6th. Uh, you know, you just beat uh, Vegas, just beat Tampa, but you had a Saturday night against the Boston Bruins. And Nick, it was the it was the first game for me 
that really reminded me how much I missed having fans in the building uh, the last year in the playoffs because that both coaches even said it, you know, it's, it's, it's original six. It's a teams with history, with playoff history. And it was a, a barn burning start. Like the intensity was there, the speed of the game, the little battles were at a different level than you would have had, as you said, in that New York Islander game or even an LA game. And I said, those are the kind of moments that you'd hope say a Wednesday is that you look and you say, Hey, this is a measuring stick opponent. This is somebody that we have to show that a, we're a little bit different than we were before and B that we can keep, you know, imposing our will on teams. So Yes, I think you always do, whether you do it purposely or it just happens organically. You know when it's a bigger game or a different game or you have to play at maybe a, a, a different battle level just because of your opponent, just because of the timing. And uh, I, I think Colorado coming into town is one of those moments as well. Greg, the, the answer to this may fully be just, no, you don't see anything different, but does Austin Matthews um, look like he's playing a different game at all uh, to you this season? You know, Kipper had mentioned he thinks maybe a bit more well-rounded game. I think I thought he looked a little bit uh, less offensively dynamic, but that that's why Kipper mentioned the whole 200-foot game. Do you see anything different in his play? I, I, I don't necessarily think different. I do think, I, and I, I've actually said this from when he was a rookie centerman in the NHL, which is a very difficult position and responsibility to play. He's always had a pretty good sense of knowing that he's got to be back in the right areas and knowing that he's got to play a defensive game. I I do think that, you know, maybe the little adversity with him early on too was another reminder. Don't get away from what you have to do to be a good player and within a good team. And I think he didn't get away from checking hard, coming back deep, going mm-hmm. to the front of the net in the defensive zone, even when the goals weren't coming. And even when chances were still there and you looked and said, man, he's a little bit off. He's not shooting. He's missed the net more. I think it's the maturity to know I'm not going to start cheating because if I start cheating, then it sends the message to the rest of the guys. And you know that it's going to be something that Sheldon would be bringing up. And so I just think it's the maturity and the awareness of saying, I got to be an example here of just staying on it and staying with it. And, you know, finally he's starting to get some rewards and, and not surprisingly, some of the last goals are just little tap-ins in front. And I've always felt when I was struggling and not scoring, one of the first things I've always thought of is, am I getting to the net enough? Like you, you can get those kind of goals like he's had on the rebound from a Tavares play or a nice deflection in front by being in those areas. So now you don't have to be the guy who has to stick handle through five guys and make a quick shot. Like at times he has the ability to do. I just think it's, it's kind of understanding that I'm not going to waver from the overall way that we have to play and that they've sort of laid out to him. And I think it's a, it's a good payoff that the, the goals are starting to come. And you know that he does have that ability to get on a hot streak and that's what you ultimately hope, but he didn't do it by changing and cheating and trying to just play an individual game. Craig, from your eyes, how much uh, has this blue line improved in the last month? I said earlier in the show that the biggest benefit for that blue line is they've spent less time in their own zone. Yeah, I think it's a collective that the team overall team game has been much better where they've got the puck again, they've got offensive control time. So I thought early on, you know, some of the mistakes were just honest mistakes, but also just a little off. And the team wasn't quite in sync with good support. And, you know, uh, take take that extra second, make the outlet, have good, solid support. Now you're out of your zone. You had a few guys maybe trying to do too much or uh, just off to a bit of a rocky start. So I, I think it's a combination of individual players kind of have their game back dialed in to, to what they do best uh, and, and the way that they play best. You know, it was, a, it was an odd start to have Jake Muzzin minus so many times when he was a plus 21 last year. And, you know, Hall maybe trying to hit too much or whatever the reasons were, it just looked a little out of sync, kind of like the offense did uh, for the Leafs. But I, I think, Again, credit Sheldon changed things around, took a couple guys out to sit and watch. And uh, I do think that they're back playing a much more controlled game. They're, they're not panicking with the puck. They're not as easy a turnover team as maybe they have been earlier 
and definitely have been in years past. So I think it's it's just kind of indicative of their overall game. When individuals are all playing with a lot more confidence and now they're playing together with a lot more confidence, I, I think you're just seeing the results in the way that the team has been playing during this last stretch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last one for me, Greg. We appreciate your time today. The... Um... You know, the top line has looked really good there with Michael Bunting on that left side. And a lot of what you've been talking about is stylistic, right? Trying Guys trying to find yep. their game within this Sheldon Keefe system. And he seemed to be a guy early on that wasn't exactly sure. You know, he could play it a lot of different ways and trying to find himself. What have you made of uh, his play the last few games up on that top line? I, I just think figuring out where my roots have to be. Like, do do I need to come back deep, get the puck, get it over to 34 or get it over to 16 and then find my way up the ice and go right to the net or go right in on the four check and make sure I'm the first guy there. Uh, I think it, it's partly a, you know, for, for an inexperienced guy, he doesn't have a lot of NHL experience and hasn't had a lot of success playing with, with dynamic high skilled players. You got to have the confidence that you're okay. Like you can fit in. Now you got to find where do I need to support better? Where do I, I, I now realize the roots that Marner likes to take on entry and where Matthews is trying to play off that. Now I got to find, you know, my radar to say, where can I go? And I, I think at some point it just became, I got to get in there first. I got to separate guys from pucks. I got to get the loose pucks, get it over to them. Then I got to get to the net to cause some havoc and open up some ice for them. And I think it's just more, like a comfort level for him of understanding how to play with those guys and the style that they have. And now I think you're finding his, his confidence growing and his understanding of where he fits on that line. And, and they are starting to look like they've got pretty good chemistry together. Hey, Craig, we're really looking forward to your call on, on Wednesday, Avs versus the Leafs. Th- thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Should be a fun one to watch on Wednesday. Craig Simpson, Hockey Night in Canada analyst. Uh, and Leaf color commentator can't wait for that game on Wednesday already. All right. So I teed it up earlier on in the show. Brendan Lemieux ejected after a Brady <laughs> Brady Kachuk a Brady Kachuk alleged bite. <laughs> he alleged the hell out of it, didn't he? So he's got an in-person hearing and uh he had some choice words for Brendan Lemieux. So we'll, we'll go to that clipping. Keep in mind, he's battling a bad cold, so his voice may come in and out uh, during this. Let's have a listen. I think this is the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. Um, not even children bite. This guy, you can ask any one of his own teammates, nobody ever wants to play with him. A bad guy, bad teammate, you know, focus on himself all the time. This, the guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. The guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep, you know, begging to be in the NHL, but no team's going to want him. This guy's just an absolute joke and just a bad guy. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. He decides it's a... I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player. What a joke he is to Kajuk. Boys, that was that was my Mona Lisa. <laughs> we we really hope Brady gets over that cold. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey in the house. Gilbert Godfrey. So what happened? Somebody paid him yeah. on one of those memos. I, look, I looked it up. You yeah. know what he charges? I would say close to three hundred bucks. No, one hundred and fifty bucks. He oh, does God. that. One hundred and fifty bucks. Did I, I just assume this Kipper, guy? Was are you rich. on? Are you, are you on cameo? A memo? Are memo. You on there? I'm on memo. How much you charge? Grand? No, I'm uh, like sixty bucks. Oh my! No, steal. you do. Yeah. Sixty bucks of what for? Uh, for ten seconds? What's your rate here? Uh, I don't know. No, I go. I give great length. But you know what I, I don't do is, uh, is they're all private. Not, not that one, apparently. No, not that one. And 
you know, Gilbert's reading this thing off and he has no idea what he's saying. <laughs> like, does this give you some idea that uh, you'll do anything for money? If some guy is going to pay you to read something like that, yeah. you would read it once first, would you not? Like, yeah, Gilbert's God, like, chuck. No, and he's Brady to I just don't, I wouldn't want that out there uh, publicly. Well, this, this was a the thing with Carolina uh, Hurricanes Twitter last year, apparently, that they had him doing this. It was like a thing, like if they were down in the game, Twitter fans, Canes fans would be like, if we pull this one out, I'll pay for the cameo today. Gilbert read like a half dozen of these for the really? Canes. Yeah. Uh, was that last year? Uh, yes, I just God, learned of that yesterday. I, yeah. Uh, anything that happened outside of Canada hockey last year kind of went over my, my head. I know. Wasn't on the radar. So, But in all seriousness, it happened. I get that in a perfect world, nobody should be biting anybody. I get that. But... <laughs> But <laughs> there fair. is a but. Okay. Okay. For every, everybody that sits on your couch and hears this and has never been in any altercation in your life, okay, don't be so quick to just judge. Nobody goes into a hockey game and says, yeah, you see that guy over there? I'm going to bite him. Okay. Nobody, nobody has intentions of biting anybody. But when you are in a fight and an altercation, and those are all typical, and this isn't the first biting incident we've had. We've had countless biting incidents throughout the league in any decade. You go back, Brady's, uh, 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 or I'm sorry, uh, Brendan's dad, Lemieux, bit uh, Jim Poplinski in the Stanley Cup final in 89. I don't they, know if this is good for his case or not. They've, they've had ample. Go yeah. 2010. Uh, Burles yeah. with uh, Patrice Bergeron. Remember that one through the, the glove? Is this the other guys have been murdered, so murder's okay defense? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it is absolutely not. Okay. But when you are dealing with a situation where there's a pile on or, you know, somebody starts putting their fingers where they don't really belong... I'm sorry. All bets are off. I I got an altercation with uh, James Richmond one game, and all I can feel now are fingers in my eye socket. Oh yeah. And he's got no problem gouging out my my eye. Yeah. I got no problem playing like Pac Man. <laughs> waka waka waka. I will bite you all day long. All yeah. day long. Yeah. You want to try to gouge sure. my eye out? Sure. All bets are off. Listen, I'm on your team. You you were in a fight. I'm mad. I want to hurt you. Your fingers end up in my mouth. Bye. I get it. So I get it. He bit him on the side of the hand. He had to go out of his way to get his hand into his mouth. Are you sure you this saw is, that on the video? No, but here's what I need. I need, well, I don't think did Brady Kachuk's trying to suffocate did him with the side it? of his hand. No, I did not. Okay, then what do you know there really about it? There has to be neck action involved here. He had, if there's, here's the line, one inch. If he has to reach his neck an inch to make the bite, I think he's guilty. I think it's bad news bears. Typically, in the past, the NHL needed hard evidence. That's not the case here. The officials heard Brady scream. And is that enough now to set a new standard? Maybe well, listen, it is. Maybe th it is. There's another defense here. There's another point here. And that's that when I'm in an argument with you, I can't say whatever I want to you because I'm angry. Like, just because you get upset doesn't mean you get to take whatever action you want after that. So I may be angry and your fingers may, may be near my mouth or whatever. I'm not going to – it's not okay – to bite someone because I'm angry, because I'm intense. That's you have to control yourself that, in that's, life. That's if that's accurate. Well, I mean, he definitely bit him. We can establish that his hand was bleeding. I don't think even Lemieux said he hasn't bit him or didn't bite him. I don't know. I'm. I know he's going to get five to seven games. That's a oh, given. Oh, do you think so? Oh yeah. Are you well, kidding me? Oh, that's a huge turn yes. for me because yes. hearing you talk about this, I thought you thought he should get nothing or will no, get nothing. No, 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 no. He's going to get five or seven games. But typically in the past, we've had many of these incidences and it's been one or two games. Mm -hmm. Like in 2010, there's no question that Alex Burles bit Patrice Bergeron. Right. So the Boston Bruins wanted Alex Burles suspended. And the league said, all right, I'll give him a game or two. 
and we're going to give Patrice Bergeron a game for two for sticking his hand where it didn't belong. Yeah. And they said, no, 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 we don't want that. Let's call it a wash. Let's call it a wash. <laughs> so so I, I, I don't know. I, like, typically, if, if a guy feels threatened, and what's his defense going to be? I try to gouge my eyes out. Yeah. So do you go from a one or two or three game suspension to like six or seven now? Yeah. Is that a new precedent set? Is that a new? I also get the vibe that people do think that Brendan Lemieux is a bit of a whatever word you want to use. And that can't help him in not getting suspended. I know we got a break because we got to get the Nas. Um, like that was quite the character assassination, <laughs> assassin, assassination, wasn't it? Me on the way out the door. No, there? no, no. I'm talking about Brady. Oh, okay. On yeah, Brendan no, Brady Lemieux. And Lemieux. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's as much as we ever hear in hockey. Delightful. A, you didn't find it a little over the top? No. Go in. Go in, son. I don't know. I, I, you know I, to, me, he, to me, it's too much. He is a captain in the NHL now. It's a kind of a. It is a little bit. Of I don't I'll give you know that. if you want to go into all that detailed about like every teammate hates him. I did think that. That's where it's like, uh, it's really crossing the line to personal. Okay. And you're like, so teammates don't like him. And, and we've been on teams before. There, there's a guy or two that teammates don't a like. A guy or two. Okay. Yeah. But like to now tell everybody, and, and Jonathan Quick came out real fast today. I think. To Lemieux's defense. Oh, yeah, and said we like him? Yes. I, yeah, I'd go do that for my but teammate, too. I just, I, I just found it a little over the top. I, I think Brady could have really made it clear how he felt without completely That's a gutting full this guy out. Full teardown. It offended my Canadian sensibilities, boys. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, he's too, <laughs> too, bad, too mean. Guy, Anyways, bad guy. Right, bad let's guy. go to break. Okay. We've got uh, one of the hottest scorers in the league, Nazem Kadri, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and Kurt, superstar on... Colorado. Ooh. Coming up after the break.